0: All right, um, Genesis chapter nine. I wanna to try to get through some of this. Um, I'd like to kinda of end this. I really wanna get into the, the Tower of Babel. I wanna um, close out this. Uh, Lori and I have been taking classes at uh, Bible Baptist and we're, we're taking the life of Christ. And it's really interesting. And they, he was showing us something about with the temptation of Christ that comes back to the Garden of Eden, which I've seen, or uh, the temptation of Adam and Eve, which I had seen before. But then he showed us another addition to that, and I had never seen that. So I wanted to share that with everybody. But before we do that, um, I want to close out this part of the flood. Um, we are, we leave off. So... Um, last week we talked about um, the dispensations. You guys all remember what all the dispensations are?
1: Seven.
0: Innocence, conscious human government, promise, law, church, and millennial. All right. Um, we got into Noah's sons, and I want to talk about that for a minute because Noah's son, verse 19. We briefly read it, we talked about, remember the, the list of all the different nations that came from Shem, Ham, and Japheth, right? Mm-hmm. And how Abraham's, um, through the seed of Shem was Christ and Abraham, that was the godly lineage of, of all them. But Ham, we, we mentioned quickly that um, Ham was cursed, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that today, but I want to talk about, real quick, um, verse 19. I need someone, will someone find Acts 7.26? 17.26. And then someone, First uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45. And then... Uh, Genesis 320 first <clears throat> 19 chapter 9 <clears throat> verse 19 says there are three sons of Noah and then it states and of them was the whole earth overspread what does that mean every Everyone that you see today comes from who? Noah's, kids. Noah's bloodline, right? Uh, Acts 17.26, read that one for me.
1: And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of <clears throat> the habitation.
0: Made of what? What are, what are they talking about here? One line. One line. Everyone came from one bloodline. Um, Genesis, or 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And so, and so it's written, the first man
1: Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit.
0: Who's the first man? Adam. Adam. Which means if he is the first man, everyone has to come from who? Him. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It would have to come from him, right? There obviously wasn't another uh, Steve hanging around outside of the Garden of Eden. All right? And then lastly, Genesis 3.20. And Adam called his wife's
1: name
0: Eve because she was the mother of all living. She's the mother of what? All living. All So if Adam is the first man, Eve is the mother of all living. Mm -hmm. Acts tells us that we all came from one blood. What is the Bible teaching us? That we were all related. Mm -hmm. We are all, there is no one that is outside of the bloodline. Now, that is that helps us in the idea that we all need Christ because all have sin to come short of the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. So we all have the curse of man. But what this also helps is those people who want to use the Bible to promote their discrimination based upon color. Okay? The Bible does not teach racism. In fact, Race is not in the Bible. Um, Ken Ham, I've been watching a lot. I like his answers in Genesis stuff. And he's got a really good book called One Blood. Um, I've been watching a lot of his lectures and stuff. And he consistently, uh, he doesn't like the color. He doesn't like to say white or black or whatever. He says we are all some version, some various shade of brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all are. We are all a various shade of brown. In this time period, in this area, there wasn't white people. And when you look into the Tower of Babel, when we get into the Tower of Babel, that's when people were spread. Without getting into all the science and stuff, because, of course, I'm not a science teacher or anything like that. But, you know, you have the different chromosomes. Your X's, your Y's, your double X's, your double Y's eye colors, hair colors, non-hair colors. Um, You know, depending on where you were spread out, your environment affected the, you know, different shades, uh, body types, and so forth and so on, okay? So race is not even talked about in the Bible. It's nations, all right? In fact, this idea that You know, you shouldn't marry people of opposite color and all that kind of stuff is against the word of God. Because what do we see here? We are all what? We're all related. We're all one. We're all one blood. God doesn't look down and see. He sees we are all from Adam and Eve. We are all from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. We are all of what's that? We're all sinners. Correct. Yeah. But as far as the bloodline is concerned, we are all the same. Alright. The only forbiddenness, the only time we are forbidden, all right, 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be not unequally yoked together with who? Unbelievers. I'm
1: sorry, what
0: was it, 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 6.14. Here it tells us that we are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. All right? The problem that arises there is if you are focused on God or Christ the way that we should be, they are not coming from the same basic principle. Alright, so Corinthians, the only thing that we are not supposed to deal with, and that's through marriage, that is through work. Listen, you think about it, if you have two, um, what's a yoke? It's a work. Farm equipment, makes, right? Yeah, it's work. Alright, and the yoke is used to do what? Okay. Well, make a What's that? Make a pair. Make a pair. You put two oxen together, two cow together, two horses, Whatever. Right, and you yoke them together. Well, if you have one trying to go one direction and one trying to go the opposite direction, how well does that work? That's why it doesn't. Hurts. Is that why Robin she's she's always trying to pull in the opposite okay. direction? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, marriage or not, a partnership is hard to keep to maintain. Whether it be business, friendship, uh. Marriage, um, you know just whatever it is. When you're trying to work with a person, no matter what the goal is, if you don't have the same end point, you know if one guy wants to be one wants to be filthy rich and the other guy wants to just provide a service, you're going in opposite directions, right? You got to have the same frame of mind. Um First Corinthians chapter five. Verses 9 through 11. It says, I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetousness, covetous or extortioners or idolaters, for ye must, ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother... Be a fornicator, covetous, covetous, idolater, railer, or drunkard, or extortioner, which such and want know not to blah. with such and one know not to eat. If we have brothers and sisters that are living like the world. Now, I don't think this is teaching cut them off, don't have nothing to do with them, forget about them, write them off, they're nothing. Alright. But there's a difference between trying to guide them back to the order to god and counting them as a worker and you guys have the same goal if they're living in the world enjoying the world they're obviously not focused on christ so if if me and this other intervals, if i'm guilty of these sins and i'm fine with them then me and you yoking together to do the Lord's work is probably not going to work because ultimately I'm a little I care a little bit more about myself. Okay? So nowhere in the Bible does it say be unequally yoked because white people just aren't as good or are better. All right? Color's not in the Bible. If you use the Bible for your discrimination, you're of these people that aren't using the Bible. Okay. And it's frustrating because, you know, they say, well, the Bible has slavery. The Bible has indentured servitude. And the Bible has where they went in and conquered nations that were godless nations. All right. Nowhere in the Word of God, and even in the Old Testament, did God tell Israel, go attack this clan because of their skin color. Right. And so the idea that the Word of God teaches racism is. For one, you have no idea what the Word of God says. And if we're using it that way, then we're not using the Word of God the right way. Right? So I really, I just wanted to point that out because I think it's very important. So many people, when we got a black eye in our history, here, you know, in the United States, and a lot of those people, Thought of other races as less than and they tried to use the Bible to do that
1: Hitler, yeah.
0: and Hitler What's yeah. going on? correct and so you know it's very important it's absurd because we are all same blood What if God constantly teaches we are all from Adam all from Eve all from Noah's sons how on the world would God then turn around and say that this race is better than this race? Never. Never. The only in- in instances are these are godless seasons; these are godless people that refuse to see the light, and so on. And that's a debate for a whole other day. But so when you come into the New Testament, the verses we read, he says, unequally yoked with unbelievers, or brothers and sisters who are acting like unbelievers you can't work towards the same common goal whether it's marriage or business or whatever else linked with a person who doesn't have the same focus okay so that's what that's talking about there real quick Jeff. i would say but your job is to restore such a one. that's what correct
1: I think that some people take it the other direction. They say, "Well, we don't," and then they just leave them. Well, God wants them restore because you look. There's all kinds of examples through the Bible where God's taken somebody that's fallen away. I'll use David, and used them in a great, great it's way not after they were restored.
0: Us, it is not for us to decide if that person is unreachable or not. So, in this, you know, we should always, and you know, and people say, "Well, you know, they're just, they're just backslidden." Listen, in my brothers and I's case, my brother, he had kind of slipped away, all right? And he realized he needed rededication in his life. I, on the other hand, realized I was lost. I don't know if a person who once served God is truly saved or just backslidden. I can either ignore it, which will never help them, or no matter how they are, treat them as a mission effort And try to bring them back to God. But if I cut them off or ignore it, then it's definitely not going to happen. If they turn out to be lost, then they're going to die and go to hell, right? It took people to bring my brother back and my and myself. But it it was they treated us the same. It was Mom and Dad treated us as two lost souls, one around this world that needed God. So you got to love them back. But you don't get into their sin. Yeah, you you just got to make sure that you stay away from all that. All right. So I wanted to bring that up because I think this is a good time to talk about that. Um, Of course, I was watching some lecture on Ken Ham, and it really stuck with me. So one blood. We're all for one blood. Uh, Noah, Noah's curse on Ham, Um, verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 20. We spoke a little bit there. Let me get back to it. Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. So Noah plants a vineyard, right? Um, I'm assuming that it's something that he did pre-flood. You know, it seems like it's something that he is aware of, uh, able to do. But something happens. Someone read for me verse 21.
1: And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. All
0: right. I don't know the situation here. All right. Noah drinks his wine. Now, it had been quite a while, grapes don't grow overnight, so we're a ways away from the flood. Noah drinks his wine. Noah ends up drunk, he's in a tent somewhere, and he's uncovered, all right? So he's partially naked, he's completely naked. I have no idea, all right? They say that the garments they wear, the way he could have acted, I have no idea, all right? Here's also there's several different viewpoints on this. There are those that will say, see, boom, that's why you're not supposed to drink alcohol. There's a perfect example of it. He got drunk, right? Noah sinned in the eyes of God. The problem with that, I'm not going to say it's wrong. I don't exactly know where I land. Nowhere in the Bible does God call Noah out as being sinful in that situation. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what happens is God honors the curse that Noah gives to Noah actually ham's son now there are the arguments that well because of what he did ham sinned of course later in the lineage you have the issues with david and some other people and those are all valid arguments there is no set the pastor believes that this is uh, a that he sinned in the eyes of god again like i said i'm not completely one way or the other the other argument is that it was accidental there is no teaching prior to this. In fact, the alcohol drinking doesn't come to much, much later, all right? The argument is we have a new a new atmosphere now, all right? Things happening now was not the way things happened pre-flood. We also have a longer time span pre-flood, all right? What is fermentation? The act of basically something going bad. So for Noah, if he was a husbandman of vineyard, planted vineyards pre-flood, it makes sense that the grapes would rotten a lot faster now because mind you, he was he lived 600 years pre-flood, and I think he ended up by well, another 300 years post-flood. Everything post anti was a whole lot shorter. We see. People living over 900 years, pre-flood, post-flood, we have a couple hundred years, right? So the argument can be made that he didn't realize that it had fermented. One way or the other, it doesn't really matter where you fall on that, okay? What I take out of this is there is a right way and a wrong way to use what God provides us. And it's our job... To make sure that we handle it correctly. And what might not necessarily cause me to err. May cause those around me to err. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, if we use. God gives us all something. Alright. He provides. In this situation he provided a vineyard for Adam or for him, for for Noah to use. And whether he was mistaken or used it incorrectly, the result of it was what hap- happened to him. Sorry. All right. Someone read for me verses 22 and 23.
1: Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. and Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon
0: both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. All right. So what happens here? What did Ham do? He went out and told everybody. For whatever reason, he saw the nakedness and instead of handling the situation, he goes out and he tells everybody. Now, Ham is then when Noah wakes up. And Noah woke from his wife, verse 24, and knew what his younger son had done. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. Now, who is Canaan? Ham's son. Ham's son. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed is the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tent of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant, shall be his servant. Alright. So for whatever reason, Ham didn't handle that situation properly. Now, again, I don't know why Canaan was punished. Typically, we see that a lot of the time the sins of the father are visited upon the son, and we see that throughout the Bible. Okay, that's kind of where the pastor goes, you know, and where I lean to that as well. Again, I like seeing what other people think. You know, a lot of people try to say that, well, it was actually Canaan that was part of it. Again, one of the things my instructor keeps telling our class, Lori and I, and the rest of the people, is you have to. It's called the plain reading of the text. What does the text actually say? And what are we having to interject? All right. Now we see throughout the New Testament or throughout the Bible that a lot of times a father does something and the children pay for it. Okay? That's the plain reading of the text. To say that, well, Canaan was there and took part of it, the text just says Ham. Not saying that it didn't happen because a lot of times it's the father's responsibility. And so it may not mention, can we see that through the New, old New Testament as well? But either way, the curse that Noah provides, God honors, because we see that the descendants of Ham, Constantly are in turmoil with the Israelites and the descendants descendants of Shem. It could be. A, could it could also just be that he wanted to teach him a lesson because sometimes we don't always learn for ourselves. But if it affects our family, his child, it's affecting his child now, and he sees that curse is going to be on him. Maybe he's going to think before he does something like that again. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't want to see our family suffer. Absolutely. Um, hold on a second. So you know, it, whatever reasoning canaan again i don't know for sure but what i took out of this story uh, is that there is a right way Mm -hmm. and a wrong way to handle situations and that you know we should in all situations whatever we are doing make sure we do it the way that is honoring right because the brothers how did they handle the situation
1: they were so clever.
0: They took it. They put it on their backs. They didn't even look on their father. So, yeah, they could have stood there and said, look at the old man. He's gotten drunk, and he is such a waste. God's going to be so angry and frustrated. Look, Japheth, look what your dad's done. You know, they could have told, brought everybody around, but no. What did they do? Respected they him. respected him. As, no matter what he did, he was still treated with respect. They, they, I mean, it's too much to the point that they walked backwards, so they didn't accidentally... Look upon his nakedness. Well, also right? they protected other people from that sin of seeing him. Correct. Yeah. You know, so they they handled it, the honoring way. Ham handled it in a dishonoring way. They handled it in an honoring way, and that's every situation we come to. Listen, there is a right way to handle it, and there is a wrong way to handle it. We need to make sure the way we do it honors God, right? Honors ourselves. It honors the person or the people that are in the situation. If we make things worse intentionally for the other person, then we're just as bad as what Ham did. You know, Ham could have covered that up.
1: Nobody would
0: ever Not know. a soul would have known. May not have even been a story in the Bible. No. No. But because of the way he handled it. now, was Noah in the wrong? I don't know. Whatever happened in that situation. Ham is punished for the way Ham reacted. All right, and even if someone else is, will go with Noah was sinful in the eyes of God. That still doesn't justify Ham's response. So if I am sinning, if what am I, if what I am doing is not the way God wants me to be, that then doesn't justify. You hear it all the time, especially with the kids. Yeah, but. So-and-so did it, so-and-so's doing it, or I wouldn't have done it if they, you know. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be fat if McDonald's didn't put all the fat food in in their thing, right? They have to give me healthy food in order for me to be healthy, right? It's always someone else's fault. Well, had Noah not drank, then Ham wouldn't have done what he'd have done. So it's Noah's fault. Two people can be wrong, one person can be right, and the other person can be wrong okay so in that particular situation it was visited upon Canaan we see from here on out that God honored that curse but what we should take away from that is we got to make sure the way we handle things no matter how everybody else is acting no acting incorrectly ham acting incorrectly the two brothers said this is the right way to react and they acted correctly okay 2829 just tells us that uh, Noah lived another 350 years. And all the days of Noah were how long? 950 years old. Almost close to my a lot. Yeah, right up there. I do not want to live to be 950 years old. No. I'm just telling you right now. At 40 something, I could not imagine what it would feel like at 950. I know how I feel at. 43. Alright? Alright, so here's what I want to get into. The temptation of, well, Satan's temptation. The first we have, Genesis 6, alright, we have Adam and Eve, alright, and then we have Christ. Genesis 3 6, and then the one of Christ is actually Luke chapter 4. Alright? So, as we go down through here, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, we will start with where we began. Someone read that one for me.
1: And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also her husband with her and he did eat. Alright,
0: so what we have here for Adam and Eve, so, so for the lust of the flesh... All right, we have what? We saw it was what? Saw it was good, right? Good for food. We agree? They saw that it was good for food. Then for the eyes. See that it was pleasant, right? It was good to look on. I'd like to have seen that tree. For them to actually call out that it was good to look on, right? It's like kinda like I'm the eye candy for my wife. Okay. Why are we laughing? Why I say Are you okay, (laughs) Terry? Um then we have the wise, right? The desire to make one wise. Uh, which I'm sorry, which sorry Life. Pride of life. And that was that the desire to make wise. Okay, So those are the three temptations of the devil. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is the exact same three-step program that he's been using since day one. And this is exactly the same categories that most of our temptations, you think about the stuff that the devil's tempted us with, it falls in one of, or maybe all three of those categories. All right? Why change up something that works, right? Until we get to Christ. Lust of the flesh. Luke chapter 4. Someone read for me verses 1 through 4.
1: And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted to the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were handed, he afterward hungered. The devil said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of
0: God. So he tempts Christ to do what? To make bread. To make bread. And trust me, 40 days, he's probably pretty darn hungry right? So here's the first he tried it here in Adam and Eve and he want, and he made it. So he figures, hey, I'm gonna go right after Jesus Christ with this one. Now Christ handles it correctly the way Adam and Eve. And, and, and the way Christ handles all these is basically saying this is what God says, right? Which is exactly how we talked about Adam and Adam and Eve should have responded. No, God said no. Well, that's what he says. Verse 5 through 8. For lust of the eyes, what did he show? Someone read that one. Please read those for me. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed
1: unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will give thee, and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give, I give therefore will worship me as shall be that. And Jesus answered and said unto them get thee behind me Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve.
0: So for the pride of the eyes he stands Christ up and says I will give you what? All the kingdoms. I will give you all these kingdoms. He shows him all this land. So you know most, most people's eyes are be like all this will be mine. I can have all of us that is it's pleasant to the eyes alright so that is the lust of the eyes the pride of life verses 9 through 12 he takes him up uh, he talks about the dash of the feet someone read 9 through 12 for so you can trade them off if you want
1: he brought him into uh, Jerusalem to set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him if thou be the Son of God cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over there to keep thee, and in their hands shall bear thee up, the, uh, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answers unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God.
0: So what does he tell them? The angels will do what? Protect. Okay. They'll protect you. he saying, you are Jesus Christ. God himself says, that the angels are at your mercy you can do whatever you want because of who you are if you'll just and he says no that's not It's not how it's supposed to be right? so he even tries to tempt Christ with this pride of life Okay. so listen <clears throat> don't get so broken hearted when, when we fall to these because man falls to these temptations Right? The stronger you are in God, the more of God's word you know. Now, see why it's so important to know the word of God? Because Christ Himself uses the Word of God. Had Adam and Eve used, now mind you, God spoke to them. So when you when Adam and Eve ignored the word of God and they spoke to, there was no one else around. It's not like there was lost an in interpretation. Right? There wasn't. Nobody else had translated anything from God to these guys, so they didn't quite understand. Maybe that's not what God meant right now. They got straight from God's mouth. Here we have it straight from Christ's mouth, using the word of God. But here's the beautiful part. Genesis chapter two, verse nine. And this is, this is the part that I had never seen before, that I think it's amazing Satan. Now, here we go. 2:9 says, "And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil." Satan attempts attempts tempts us with what God had already given us in the Garden of Eden. It was already ours. Listen, he grew every tree to be pleasant to the sight. What did Satan say? Oh, look, that one looks good. God said, they all look good. He says, I've already given you all these trees that look good. But Adam and Eve bought it. God had already given Adam and Eve that. He says, good for food. What did he tell them? say? She says, hey, that one looks like it's good for food. God says, here, I give you all these trees. They are all. They're wanting this one tree when everything in the garden was already pleasant to sight and good for food.
1: Yeah.
0: How, how crazy is that? And then lastly, he gives to us the tree of life. He said, here's the tree of life. Now, however the tree of life worked, it was still the pride of it. He gave us the tree of life, and yet Satan used the pride of a different life to, to try to turn us away. He's tempting us that's like me holding a cookie and you offer me half a cookie and I ditch my cookie for your half a cookie. God already gave me all of that. And that's the beautiful part about this. And it's just kind of, when the, when the teacher showed down, you know, I mean, I've read those verses. We studied, you know, that. We talked about that. But when he put all of that together, say, so here's where Satan tempted, here's where he tempted Christ. But all the way back at the beginning, God had already given us all of that and think about it even today man wants to be wealthy god want everyone wants to be famous we are all wealthy in god we are all have a duty no one better than the other no higher or no lower we all are special in the eyes of god all the joint heirs of the kingdom of God. we already have you know all of that heaven we have and yet satan still tempts us he can offer nothing only god can do the providing all satan has is lies and tricks who comes through for us satan or god well it's amazing that he uses the word of god too because he is talking to the word yeah and yet he's still using the word so it's more than just knowing the word you got to understand the word because he's talking to christ who is the word and he thinks he's going to trick him absolutely so he was hoping, and that's the whole point of this. Satan knows what God says. He used it here. Absolutely, he says, "Hath God really said?" Hath he, really said. he comes over here and says, "Hey, God says He'll give you the angels charge over thee." Okay, and that's the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Yeah. Just because you know Scripture, that doesn't mean you're set. You got to love Scripture, yeah. right? And you got to make that that change. The devil will use. The words of God against you. But only by studying the word of God, loving the word of God, can you then catch that eh? He's twisting that a little bit. And then if you go back and you look, all Eve had to say was when said that she saw that it was good, she said, but you know what?
1: They're all good. All these
0: trees are good. What do I need? This one. Mm -hmm. This one. What do I need the one for? God already had given all of this. And then the devil comes out and twists it a little bit. And now it's this new thing under the sun. Ooh, ooh, you're right. There is this, oh, I need to do it this way now. This is the the new way. Jim?
1: And see, if they would have, which is the crazy part, if they would have taken and listened to God from the onset and ate of the tree of the um, tree of life because that's what God said he had to get him out of the garden because if they eat of the tree of life they'll never die so they
0: already had something the, the tree of life that they never took advantage of yeah. and that's the whole point of this and that's right. how they, they all they had we already had what they're trying to so so you know when, when the devil's coming after you he ain't offering us something God had not already given us when he's trying to tempt you It's either worse than what God has already offered us or not part of God's plan in the first place. All right, so um, we'll close that out there.